This week on the Habs Forum, the kids are ruining the tank. Hey, it was fun to watch. If your team tank, the Canadians end up coming back and winning against Pittsburgh 3 2. I mean, it was entertaining. Entertaining. What what a game. I'm I, I'm not full on team tank, anyways. I'd rather see the kids develop. Anyways, we'll talk about that. The other games, which uh, if you are team tank, you'll be more happy about because they lost both previous games since uh, since our last podcast. But so far, at least it's been a uh, it's been a fun, uh, fun season. When they do win, it's it's a good time. Also, talk about the Rocket home opener and how how good all the kids have been doing for the Canadians early on in uh, in the season. So, uh, let's just get started, honestly, with yesterday's game. It's 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 fresh on our minds. What a game yesterday! Just I was actually cheering. It was yesterday. It was on Monday. Uh, whatever, man. On <laughs> people don't know. We could have just lied and pretended like we recorded this yesterday. Now you ruined the illusion. But whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. The Monday's game that the Canadians won against Pittsburgh. And look, when Malkin scored those two goals, like the Canadians dominated the first. They played well, maybe not dominated. Maybe that's a bit of an exaggeration. But by their standards, they dominated the first. They're playing so well. And then it's just you just you can feel it usually like. For years as being a Habs fan, I'm sure it's like that for a lot of teams, but when the team dominates in the first but can't buy a goal, you just, you, it just feels like it's always a loss. They actually oh, came out with a win yesterday. I mean, Monday. <laughs> How many times? Even before we started recording, you said it a bunch of times. That's true. Uh, That's true. But yeah, no, it's definitely a solid game. I mean, uh, yeah, it seemed like, I mean, they, they really played a great game. The, the whole game they got off to a really good start but you know two goals past Montambo um you know he and, and he, he actually played like kept him in the game down the stretch I thought he played pretty well that they second goal was terrible though that second oh, yeah. like I know like uh, Suzuki and we can talk about that later too like Suzuki's defensive play Suzuki didn't look great on that second goal either but how do you let a rebound go to the middle of the slot on such a nothing shot I mean I'm no goaltender but I feel like that's like Goaltending 101. <laughs> uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't very good rebound control, um, but uh, but he definitely bounced back and yeah, you know uh, he he's obviously you know he's probably going to end up playing quite a few games, so we want to be able to see see something from him, hopefully an improvement over last year, and then at least this game he he looked pretty pretty solid aside from I, maybe the second goal. I mean, ideally you still want your goalies not to let in any bad goals, obviously, but I feel like last year's Montembeau. After letting in a bad goal, it's like open the floodgates, right? Yeah. It's like last year, if, 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 and also I do think the defense is better this year, actually, even though we're like three quarters rookies, the defense is actually playing not that bad this year, but which is obviously impacts the goalie, but he just actually kind of after that bad goal, he kind of still came back and had a pretty, pretty solid game. So it, it's definitely, definitely positive. And not that I think Montembeau has any sort of real future as a, as a permanent, like, like would Montembeau be an NHLer if it wasn't, you know, for the, you know, for a bottom feeder team like the Canadians, you know, like I don't know, he's he's a fringe NHLer at, at best, but he's still it's it's still good for him to to be getting getting some some game games in. But I mean, en- enough about Montembeau. I mean, I think the the I know Kirby Dot got first star. I was happy to see it. I think he's been playing great since the beginning of the year. But the star of that game for me is. Caden Gooley, man, what an absolute stud this kid is. And he's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's really going to be interesting to see like it, what's going to happen when Edmondson and then Matheson eventually come back. I mean, you know, the, 
normally you would think that they, the, you know, that, that would sort of relegate Gooley down to the third pairing. And that, that's sort of where he was penciled in, of course, the beginning of the season. But I mean, the way that he's playing, I mean, he, he, he obviously deserves to be playing those top minutes played nearly, I think 25 minutes against Pittsburgh. Uh, these, the last couple of games, I mean, you shut, basically shut down Crosby, shut down, pretty much Ovechkin as well. I mean, you know, he, he's, he's playing ridiculous against, and, and Matt, let's not forget about Matthews either. Right. Yeah. I mean, playing against some of the best players in the NHL, three of the best players in the NHL. And, and, and I think those three guys ended up getting one assist combined yeah, against the half. Exactly. So well, at, at the very least they got one assist combined with Gooley on the ice. I'm not sure if it's exactly Total one assist, but Gooley oh. kept them to to one assist at at worst, and and like he just he's do he's doing it. I, I, it's a bit of a cliche. People love to say this about rookies, but he really just looks like a vet. Like he he just looks like he's been doing this for years. You would never guess he's a rookie, and he's easily been the best defenseman for the Canadians so far. I think I think I think there's no conversation there. I think he he's he surpassed the guy. It's not like it's a good defensive core by any stretch of the imagination but you know like his his d partner david savard i mean i'm sure he's very happy playing with him because he's making him uh making his life a lot easier but it is interesting what you said if when people come when matheson comes back when edmondson comes back those are two guys that obviously aren't going to get scratched or right? they're going to play if they're if they're healthy and ready to play uh and and they, they deserve it right i do think they are probably if you're just you know considering kaden gooley is a rookie there probably are the one and two defensemen for uh for the Canadians, but I don't. I think he keeps playing with Savard. He's been with Savard the last year too, and I, I'm pretty sure they've expressed like liking playing together. And I don't see why, with considering the decor in Montreal, maybe the minutes do go down a bit, and maybe it's just a situation where it's the top three pairs play similarly. But I think it's going to turn into every game they're going to go in and say, okay, the the the, the three D pairs are going to play kind of close to equal minutes. But then every single game, maybe not every single game, more often than not, Kane and Gooley is going to be playing better. And, and the coach of any good coach will adapt as the game goes along and plays his best players when they're playing well. And I think more often than not, it's going to end up being Kane and Gooley. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Once, once, of course, you know, they start coming back, even even if Edmondson comes back in the near future, um, you know, Matheson, I think, is is supposed to be out for like the next two months. So, yeah, not don't have to worry about that for a little while. But once even Edmondson comes back, I, you you wouldn't really expect Gooley to be playing 25 minutes a game. But, uh, you know, he's, he's still going to have have a top role, you know, maybe get a little bit a uh, little bit of time on the power play certainly is going to be playing on the PK and, and yeah, absolutely. Certainly he's looked really good with David Savard and, you know, it might as well keep those two together. Always good to, to, to have a rookie playing with the, with a veteran guy. So no, I mean, so far, you know, that, that bold prediction that I made last week saying that he might be a Calder trophy finalist, not looking too bad. I mean, it's it's still going to be hard to be a Calder Trophy finalist, I, I, but uh, it, it doesn't definitely does not seem to be uh, that wild. He's definitely going to get votes, that's for sure. Like at the very least, I, at this point, I'd be shocked if he's not maybe not shocked, but like if he's not top five in voting, right? It's always harder for for defensemen, but if he keeps putting up points on top of it, and man, I absolutely loved seeing Uli, Suzuki, and Caulfield starting the the overtime. Yeah, like, uh, obviously not something you would have seen at the beginning of the last season. Whether it was Duchamp, Julien, we go all the way back to Terrien, something we would never see in Montreal. 
and and it's not just about like being obsessed with playing the kids and wanting to. Be, these were the three guys that got us to overtime. Shout out to Duhuayt who had that beautiful pass. Let's not forget him. But still, those are the three main guys that got us to overtime. And right away it pays off. And Guli has a beautiful play uh, in front of the net. A beautiful defensive play, stopping a, uh, a, a maybe a, a sure goal by, by by Pittsburgh. And you just love to see it. Yeah, that's exactly what I want to see out of this uh, out of the coaching staff. And I just saying to we more and more every single week I, I i love him more as as a coach i think he, he's gonna end up being a, an absolute steal uh and 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 what 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 a amazing move by the this management staff when they came in and, and take a bit of a risk and like like you know like we all know where he was coaching before montreal but they knew saying we had the hockey mind and they're they were right yeah absolutely i mean uh <laughs> like a big a big risk move you know and obviously it you know even at the time it was pretty pretty criticized and i'm pretty sure the both of us criticized it when uh when it when it happened because obviously you know no experience being in montreal uh, i'm sure you know well, obviously, i'm pretty sure i was positive about it you know don't, don't lump me in with your bad opinions there okay, okay. Well, all right all right so i i had, I had one bad opinion Oh, okay, sure, sure. In okay. five years of the podcast, I've had one bad opinion. Oh boy, oh boy. Yeah. I'd be I, I I'd be so curious to look back on our on our previous takes. I mean, me included. I'm sure a lot of terrible ones. <laughs> but but no, obviously it's 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 looking really good so far. Um, you know, he's play, really embracing the kids. And I mean, wh- you know, why not at this point? I mean, sure, you know, typically coaches will will go with their veterans, but at this point, I mean, the Cana- the, the best Canadians players are the young guys, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, Caulfield, Suzuki, Doc, even on a lot of these nights, even though, you know, despite what RDS might think, Doc, I, I think most people would agree that is, is playing really well so far. And it looks like, you know, he could potentially be poised for, for a comeback season, a break, breakout season. And Gouli, obviously, on leading the charge on defense as well. So, you know, really here in Montreal, I mean, the, you know, it's, it's a little cliche, but the, the future is now, basically. I, I, I absolutely and I, I've been loving Kirby Doc's game honestly and and I, I don't know why it's it, it, like analysts always need need a, a, a whipping boy and anytime there's a big player that doesn't constantly hit you know as if that would be like a smart thing to do they, they criticize I feel I feel like that's just like Kirby Doc was guaranteed to get criticism by the by the the, the usual suspects on whether it be RDS or uh, or RTVS ball. But if you're actually paying attention to the game, the games he's been he's been great. I mean, he hasn't been like this this crazy crazy player, but he's been him and, and Monahan too. Like, and they they've played well together often also, and they they it's just been fantastic. And I was so happy that he got that uh, that, that 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 goal at the end to to win it, and I almost wonder if he kind of needed that to kind of unlock a little bit that confidence, right? You know, because you, you can play really, we've seen it time and time again, players playing well, playing well, playing well, but the puck's not going in. Eventually it gets to their head, right? So I was really happy to see Doc that get that there. And yeah, I I think he might, I think we might have a few breakout seasons on this Canadians team. Like, the, the, don't don't get us twisted. No one on this podcast accepts, expects the Canadians to make the playoffs this year. But if uh, if we end up with a top 10 pick plus having like three, four guys uh, breaking out, having career years, you know, young guys to really developing into what they can be. I mean, that's, that's a W to me. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, th- I think us certainly, and, and, and a lot of have fans are hoping, uh, okay, you know, let's, let's win some games, but at the same time, not too many games, right. Cause we want to, we, we'd obviously like to get a top three. Top yeah. Five. But at the same time, I just, I did at this point, like we have the young guys here. I think the development's more important than, 
than the pick. Like I, I get it that you want the pick and all that, but you know, like the the, the players are going to play the way they're going to play. And the thing is, if you, when now if Gooley keeps this up, if what we've seen, it's only been four games, but if what we've seen of Gooley is what we see of Gooley throughout the season, which is not likely because rookies usually up and down and all that. But if he turns, if if he turns this season into what we've seen as the whole season, I'm sorry, but we're not getting a, a, a top five pick. We're just not. Because having nothing transforms a team more than having a, a defenseman picking picking up 20 to 25 minutes a game playing this type of hockey. Like, this is really what trans, transforms teams. And if Gooley quickly turns into that, has a rookie of the year caliber season, once again, not thinking they're making the playoffs, but let's look at like like Detroit last year with, with more cider, right? Like Detroit didn't have a great team last year, but they took some strides, and which is why they didn't end up with a, you know, a, in the top three like uh, like like we did for the picks, right? So I think we're looking more at a at a top ten pick if we're if we're being realistic for the Canadians. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it's 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 still very very early on into the season. I mean, yes, you know, obviously they had a great game against the Penguins, great comeback. Love to see that. Love to see the kids do it on, on and obviously on top of it. I mean, the, if you could choose any three guys to score, pretty yeah. much would be the guys you want to see score. 100%. Suzuki, Caulfield, and Doc. Uh, but I mean, you know, they the two games before that they didn't True. exactly. True. They didn't play inspired hockey. Either, yeah, I kind of, so. I kind of skipped to the fun game right away. But like, if we, if we were to go back, well, first of all, the three nothing loss against, uh, against Detroit was, uh, well, first of all, we'll be honest, we were at the Rocket home opener, so neither of us watched uh, the game as, as it was, ha- was happening. But obviously, we saw the highlights. Jake Allen, masterful performance. I mean, that's the only thing that always bumps me out a little bit when the goalie has an insane performance. And because just to be clear, if uh, people I don't remember, two of those goals were empty net goals, right? So it's really a one goal performance. And I think the shots were like, I think he made like 25, 30 saves in the first period alone. That's like, I don't need to watch the game to know the goalie's having a crazy performance with, uh, with, uh, with those numbers. So always bums me out a bit when the goalie can't get that W after that type of performance. But uh, yeah, overall, uh, from from the highlights I saw, that wasn't a great performance. And same thing against uh, against Washington. It wasn't uh, wasn't a terrible terrible game, but kind of more what we expect from uh, from the Canadians. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, certainly playing against a team like Washington, you know, who's who's obviously going to be potentially a cup contender come uh, come the end of the year. So, you know, I mean, the Canadians put up uh, put up a decent fight on the road, but you know, at the end of the day, I mean, there's 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 a bit of a talent gap there between. The Habs sure. and, the, uh, and the Capitals, um, you know, I mean, sort of what we expected, but you know, it's it, it uh, uh, especially with so many young kids on the team. I mean, it's going to be an up and down season all year. Um, you know, they're they're going to win some, but probably by the end of the year, you know, they're going to lose their fair share of game, uh, fair share I mean, of games as well. They're going to lose more than they're going to win. And uh, honestly, it might be a situation where this team, like maybe this team at home is a playoff team, and on the road is a bottom three team, right? Like that, that might be what the situation is with this team because so far, like, like it's small sample size, but they've two games at home, they played great and on the road, not so great. And Cole Caulfield specifically, I feel like does, like he feeds off the crowd. Like we have a few guys that feed off the crowds and I feel like now more so than ever, like with, you know, after having, you know, the, the COVID years and all that, the empty arenas and, and just, the, the the players really feed off that crowd. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a situation where the record at, by the end of the year is much, much, much better on the at home than it is on the road. 
but then on the road attack, it's atrocious. It's really, really bad. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. I mean, uh, you know, the, yeah, especially Caulfield, he definitely seems to, like you said, feed off the feed off the crowd energy when he plays in Montreal. And, and you know, I mean, obviously it's a, a great crowd to, to play in front of here in Montreal. So, so, uh, I mean, you love to see it from the, from, from the kids, especially, you know, you want to, you want them to be able to, to embrace and, and embrace that sort of, you know, what, what the Montreal live while well, playing in Montreal, what, what it entails, right. That, that high pressure situation. And, uh, and, you know, they seem to be embracing it so far and, and hopefully they can keep it going. But enough, uh, enough of the positives, a bit of a negative though, with the kids though, I think is worth talking about and it's going under the radar a little bit. And look, I freaking love Nick Suzuki, but Nick Suzuki a year ago was being talked about the ne- as the next Patrice Bergeron, right? And since then, when St. Louis took over, his offensive performance has really gone up. But his defensive performance, and we're seeing it a lot this year so far, and the advanced stats back that up too, has really, really, really gone down. Now, I, I, I love that St. Louis is clearly um, kind of encouraging him to, to focus more on his offense. But it, in the long term, ideally, he's also a solid two-way guy, right? Is is there something to be concerned about there? Because if you look at the numbers, there's been quite a bit of a dip, and we've we've seen it too. The eye test will tell you there's been a couple goals that happened that Suzuki just gives up on his man, and just not not what you want to see in the defensive zone. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, he we we haven't we haven't seen that defensive play that we've we we were used to in the first uh, two two or three seasons of of Suzuki playing with the Habs, and and yeah, we saw it right off the bat too. If I'm not mistaken, it was two goals against Toronto that really, you know, he was yeah. sort of the sort of hanging around of the net in front of the net, not really looking like he knew exactly where he was supposed to be. Um, you know, I mean, I think at the end of the day, first of all, it's 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 very early into the season. We're only four games in, and you know, at the same time, let's not forget that Nick Suzuki. I don't think he played at all, right? In in, in the preseason, so right, played one game, played one game, played one game. So you know, he's he's I'm sure still getting his legs underneath him. But, you know, I, I, I've always thought that that was sort of one thing, too. And I mean, you can see it right with, with ever since Ma, uh, Martin Saint-Louis took over as coach. Obviously, the Habs are a lot better offensively, constantly threatening. But at the same time, you know, maybe with with all the offensive pressure that they put in, sometimes there's there's, you know, a, a little bit of lacking on the defensive zone. And, and, and sometimes, especially when they sort of get counterattack quickly or or if they get caught into their own zone for for you know a, a sustained amount of time you kind of see those breakdowns happen more often than not and you know i think part of that certainly is because you know we have a younger defensive squad you know guys like uh, you know Gooley obviously is playing like a like a like a 10-year veteran at this point but you yeah. know you still have jordan harris who has like less than 15 games experience jack i who's played four games yeah but they Go both look good too though even though they're young they've both also look good like not as good as Gooley, but they, they they've, they've looked pretty solid yeah i mean I mean, it definitely looks solid but you see the breakdowns right yeah like the, the, there's always those defensive breakdowns it's not only the defenseman either For sure but you know it's there's definitely a lot of work to be done in the defensive zone at least yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not too worried yet either. And I, I do I, I do love also I think maybe also I, I'm with years of the defensive mining coaches behind us, I, I feel like I'm almost traumatized where I see a Suzuki 
making and the mistake he made on the on the uh, on the Malkin goal, the second goal, which which we already talked about as being a bad rebound from from Montembeau. So I, I still think Montembeau is the first one you want to point the finger to because maybe the team is still getting used to because Carey Price. One of the things he was the best at was rebound control. Absolutely, a very underrated part of his game. Because if you don't look for it, you, you don't, and you can easily get used to it. But he he just had such masterful rebound control, and you really have to be on your toes and ready if you you have a goalie in, in that that isn't as good at it. Because you have to be ready to clear that crease. But I'm so used to watching these games and seeing a, a mistake like that by Nick Suzuki, and oh well. He's riding the bench for the rest of the game, right? Like if if it was Julien, Duchamp, Terrien before, like any of those guys, uh, except for Saint Louis, who was coaching that that game. After that second Malkin goal, Suzuki does not see the ice a lot for the rest of the game. I, I really don't think so. Yeah. And then we don't come back. Also, it's worth pointing out, right? So so maybe it maybe like playing strictly defensive hockey and always punishing the kids is is a mistake. And I just have to embrace the new uh, by Mamie. I, I mean, it absolutely is. And embrace the fact that we now have a coach that is just not doing that. And it it just it's been like it hasn't quite been a year yet, but it's I'm just like I'm still getting used to it. Like, finally, finally, we have a coach that is actually focused on making the young guys better and maybe like not just better defensively, but also better offensively. You know, that's important too. You got to score goals, not just stop them. No, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's obviously been a complete 180 with what we're seeing from Martin Saint-Louis and, and, and finally, obviously embracing, embracing the kids and, and, you know, putting them in situ- situations to grow as players. And, and like you said, I mean, not, not, them being afraid to make a mistake and afraid that they're yeah. going to be bent for uh, for the next game or or you know be a, be a healthy scratch for the next two or three games right so it's it yeah it, it, it you know at the end of the day we we knew that this was going to be what it is i mean when you have this many young kids especially when basically your whole defense at this point is is pretty much rookies there's going to be a lot of ups and downs right there's going to be a lot of mistakes and and you know, you just gotta hope that that hopefully there's not too too many mistakes, but that when there are, that they grow from the mistakes, they learn, and uh, you know, they 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 build and grow for the future. Uh, for sure, for that's what it is, right? It's, the focus is development, right? This year, which is which was what you want to see. Um, interesting news today, though, with uh, the Engels, Eric Engels reported that Jacki and Harris are both uh, going to be sharing a place downtown. They previously were uh, were in Laval. So that usually tells you they got a place downtown. You know, may- maybe they've been told that they're going to they're, they're gonna stick around. I'm sure Matheson's injury being long-term plays a big part of that. But at the same time, uh, Slavkovsky is moving in with a, a – how do you say this? A billet family? A billet family? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how to yeah, say it. But. It looks like billet in French, but I'm assuming that's not what it is uh, in English. But So maybe that's a sign of the plan for Slavkowski is more to send him to to Laval, or maybe not. Like, who, who knows? I mean, it's, it's a bit different in Montreal because the farm team is so close. But uh, I don't know. You get the feeling that Jack I. Harris, maybe we're told, okay, get a place you guys are sticking around. But maybe Slavkowski, it's still, still up in the air. Yeah, well, I think uh, I believe it was Darren Drager says uh, said that just recently on on his podcast or on a podcast that uh, that it, that the plan appears to be Slavkovsky going to Laval at some point, you know, potentially after the after the first nine games. Um, so you know, well, and, the nine game rule doesn't actually make a difference for if you go. No, I guess I guess it doesn't. Yeah, but some somebody had said that, but yeah, I guess that doesn't really make that much sense. But 
um, you know, especially, uh, I don't know, it was the last game, right, that he was on the fourth line. So, you know, that probably... I mean, he was on the fourth line, but, like, we got to stop focusing so much on the line numbers, right? Like, he, I, if you ask St. Louis, he wasn't on the fourth line. He was just on the line with Evans and Hoffman. Like, they still got, got some minutes. You know, he, he still just... I get it. He's only playing, like, 10, 15. Well, not 15, but, like, 10 to 12 minutes a game. Maybe it's not that much, but... I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't think this is necessarily bad for his development. Like, it's a situation where he's getting used to the North American ice. He's he's not looking out of place there. He's still making some nice plays. He has flashes of brilliance when he's out there. And I, I, I just like the idea of slowly easing him in. And maybe eventually you start giving him more minutes. Maybe eventually, depending on how a game's going, you give him a few minutes with with Suzuki and Caulfield. See, like, see how that goes and all that. I kind of like him in Montreal going slow like this is, and I don't feel like the fans are getting impatient with him. Like people understand that it's, that it's a process. And, and you made some, some valid points when we were at the game in Laval, uh, like watching the rocket that the AHL is a league full of career AHLers that are pretty much like, a lot more goons in the AHL than there is in the NHL. And they see a first overall pick skating down the ice. They their eyes light up. This is an opportunity to lay a guy out and make the ESPN top ten. You know. Yeah. yeah we yeah, want exactly. him in that situation. I don't know. Yeah, that, that that's the thing that like of course he'd be he'd be getting more minutes in the AHL. He'd, he'd get some power play time. He you know he'd, he'd be leaned on heavily for the offense. But but yeah, I mean that that would definitely be one of my concerns. And I mean. You know, we it, it wouldn't be the first time that you know one a, a highly rated prospect get ends up getting clocked by you know one one of these goons in the AHL and you know you just got to think about Matthias Norlander, you know he was obviously when he first came to Montreal, he was a huge obviously uh, you know a huge prospect. We thought okay here's here's our left-handed defenseman got probably you know maybe hyped him up a little bit too much at first and then last year he suffered two concussions and uh, you know I, I i remember the second concussion was right with like five seconds to go in in one of the playoff games he he got hit by by two goons actually basically at the same time that just followed him into the corner and hit him in the head with uh, you know a couple of seconds left to go in the game and that's that's unfortunately the kind of thing that you deal with time and time again in the ahl and unfortunately nor norlinders you know i mean i did not to he's done as a prospect he's actually got off to a pretty good start in the ahl this season but you know it's he's he seemed even in training camp a little bit more hesitant because of that sort of you know i don't want to get hurt again i don't want to get another concussion not that that's obviously slavkovsky's a much bigger guy than norlander is but you know it's it's it it, yeah like you said you don't have to rush him even if he is here in montreal i mean it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world if he can play, you know, at least maybe 10, 12 minutes a, a game on the third or fourth line. And you like, know, you don't let's not to... forget, like he has such a good, per- like he, he, his attitude is so good. You see it in interviews. It's not like he's one of those guys moping around because he wants more minutes, right? He, he, no. he, he's he perfectly happy with the situation and understands the position he's in. And he just considers himself lucky to be there. You know, if you, if you watch these interviews, that's what he's always talks about, how this is a dream, how he's so lucky to be here. And it's just nothing is from what's going on with Sofkowski so far is telling me that this is bad for his development, that he's, he's only playing 10 minutes a game. No, exactly. You know, and, and, and I think we knew right off the bat that he was going to be a guy that, you know, it, it, it would probably take him a little while to develop. Um, and he, and you know, when he's got the chance, he's shown some flashes too. For so sure. I'm, I'm not too worried about him. 
for sure. I mean, I, I've been surprised with his playmaking ability at times. He's 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 had some uh, some really nice passes, and, and like I just there's flashes here and there, and I just that's all I want to see, and just for it to keep progressing, progressing, progressing. And I if you if he keeps doing this for maybe another like. 15 or so games I, I, and he stakes six with the club. I do think eventually injuries are going to happen and all that. He'll get an opportunity on, on, on one of the higher lines playing with a bit more, you know, playing makers, you know, like I, I love Jake Evans and all that, but you know, it's just, it doesn't matter. Like he's not like the offensive guy, you know, that's not with who he's going to need to play to, to start producing. So I just, I know, I'm, I'm not worried about it at all. And uh, I, I kind of hope he sticks in Montreal. I th- I'm, I'm, I'm more and more on the camp that this is better for his progression. Yeah, you know, I mean, at this point, you just got to take it one game at a time and see see how he progresses. But um, yeah, I mean, so far, you know, as, as long as you can see a bit of flashes and hopefully some improvement over time, then, you know, there's, you know, if, if he starts off and, you know, obviously there's going to be injuries through it during the season. So maybe it, at some point he'll get a, a he'll get more of a more minutes, more of a chance on, on some of the more offensive lines. But, uh, you know, don't don't want to rush him. That's for sure. No, for sure. For sure. And uh, I mean, to, to talk about the vets a bit too, not to just focus on the kids. Uh, I mean, Gallagher looks quicker out there than last year, right? Last year he looked slow as molasses, but you could still, even though he's, he's just, he's, he, it's almost hard to watch him because he still wants it just as much as he did in his rookie camp, right? He still wants it so bad, you can tell. It's just not there anymore, man. And just I know we talked about it already last week, but I don't know, man. It's gonna be hard to watch Galley go through this contract and if his game is just gonna start keep slowing down and slowing down. Yeah, you know, I mean, he, he's obviously been better than than last season. Um, I mean, well, you know, I'm looking at the stats right now. <laughs> he's still no points through four games yeah. and a minus three. But you know, it, it he's had his chances. He's he's shown flashes at least more than, you know, that those flashes last season were few and far between for yeah. So at least we're, we're seeing some positive. I, I think he's maybe trying to do too much though. I feel like he's carrying the puck too much. He, he just, at this point in his career, his game has got to just be, just put his head down, crash the net, you know, go, go for the dirty rebounds, which he's always been really, really good at, uh, at getting, but I, I'm seeing him carry the puck a lot and just, he'll make a few moves. Maybe it'll look like something's happening, but Eventually he'll lose it and he'll be like upside down in the corner, like because he got knocked down by someone. You know, <laughs> it's just I don't. I just it just feels like he's trying to do too much out there. Yeah, well, I think you know he's probably gripping the stick a little bit too much. Um, obviously had a bad season last year. You know, I, I think it, it, at least we're seeing those flashes at this point. If he can get yeah. if he can get on the board, score a goal, two goals. You know, maybe maybe have string together a couple of good performances, get some points. You know, maybe then he can sort of break out of this rut and, and, and get back to the Gallagher, maybe not the Gallagher of old necessarily, where he's scoring scoring 30 goals each season. But, you know, I I, I think he, he can certainly bounce back and at least we're seeing him play better than he did last year. But it's unfortunate because I really think he's a victim of his contract at this point, which is ridiculous to say because I'm sure he's perfectly happy making $6.5 million a year. But uh, it's a situation where if he was on a more reasonable contract, He's at this point in his career where, as much as it would hurt to see Gallagher in a different jersey, if Gallagher was on a contending team, playing on the third line, playing some grinder minutes and all that, I think he could be a real, real asset for a team. But at 6.5 mil, 
uh, on a team like the Canadians, it's just it's it's the absolute worst position for him to be in at this point in his career. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it it is what it is. I don't. I mean, I don't think any teams are going to be lining up. Oh, absolutely to take not. That deal, of course, but uh, you know, uh, well, again, you know, we talked about it. Uh, I think last week or maybe the week before that maybe if he bounces back a little bit, you know, maybe you can get some sort of like a salary retained deal or something. But no, but we're not. I've, I've, every time you bring this up, we're not. We're not retaining salary for five seasons. I guess maybe not. Like that's crazy. Who knows, right. Maria? Maybe we. <laughs> I'm sure stranger things have happened. In yeah, the I guess. I guess. Well, it's it's all the the remnants of. Uh, of Kyle, Kyle, du- Kyle Dubas is pretty stupid. Maybe he'll do it. I mean, yeah, he did. He did uh, help Ottawa out with uh, with Matt Murray. My, my. That was crazy. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Uh, but aside from that, more positive. Sean Monahan has looked fantastic. I can't believe we were given a first round pick for Sean Monahan. He's really, really looked solid. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, and, and it, it was such a crazy trade. I mean, I, I guess at the end of the day, they had to do it. You know, they, they wanted to go get. Oh, they had uh, to do it. And Calgary's you know, like they turned a crappy situation into a much better situation. Yeah, there. So yeah, you, no one in Calgary is mad at the GM right now. I can tell you that much. No, but uh, but obviously, I mean, that that couldn't have turned out better for the Habs. I mean, yeah, he, absolutely. he's obviously looking fantastic doing great um to you know with playing with kirby doc i mean they they obviously seem to be complimenting each other yeah. super well um you know kirby doc who can sometimes have a little bit of trouble with uh with his face-offs i mean monahan can help him out with that as well so it, it seems to be a definitely a, a great combination i think and he's still pretty young himself he's only i think 28 years old and i mean who knows what's I gonna mean, happen 28 isn't uh isn't that young in NHL years? I know it's crazy to say because it's I, seven young, years younger than us, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I mean, like if he keeps playing like this, I mean, okay, we got a first round pick to take him, but you know, not that we're necessarily going to get another first round pick, but who knows? You know, definitely I mean, get it, something. For him. But the thing is, he's exactly the type of player I love having on a rebuilding team too, because you can tell that he's good for the kids right away. He's already came in and like established himself as as, as a solid presence in the room. Part of me doesn't hate if if he wants to resign in Montreal for like a, a cheap contract, right? Uh, I, I don't hate that either. But at the same time, we already have the guys like Gallagher and all that, so that probably doesn't doesn't make a make a lot of sense. But yeah, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if we get some solid return for for Monahan. Which I'll, I'll, I'll it's only been four games, and I already feel like I'll be sad to see him go when when he does leave. Yeah, for sure. For sure. No, he's he's definitely you know seems to be well. First of all, on the ice, he's doing a great job so far. And, you know, off the ice, by all accounts, he, he's, yeah. he's a great guy, great guy in the room. And, and obviously, I mean, just bouncing back and coming back from from the injuries that he dealt with in Calgary to to, to come back to to, you know, the way that he's playing now. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 also a great sort of uh, message to the to the kids, too. Right. So, yeah, 100 percent. No, for sure. For sure. Uh, d- definitely. Uh, definitely a positive when it comes to the veterans. I think he's been the uh, the biggest positive. And I'm just looking through the the list of players and trying to think back at games that so far this year. And are we sure uh, Christian Dvorak actually plays for the Canadians? Man, like I know, eh? <laughs> like fucking Dvorak. Like, I, I was. Expecting... I don't notice him at all, good or bad. No, it's true. Like I, I I was I was thinking that you know the other day, like Dvorak, you just never noticed him on the ice. Yeah. And and I, I mean to me that was a surprise. I really thought Dvorak was going to be a really good player for the Habs this year. I mean, once St. Louis took over last season, 
Dvorak was one of the better forwards. So I really thought he was going to have a bounce back season, but so far he he's really been invisible. And, you know, I mean, at this point, I mean, obviously Doc and Monaghan have, have surpa- surpassed oh, 100%, 100%. So, and I, I, mean, know, I even Evans, I noticed Evans yeah. more than him. Like, uh, like, I don't know. It's just, it's just like, he's not even there. I mean, Hoffman, I, I hate the way he plays, but at least I notice him. <laughs> no, but not, not for the positive. And, uh, <laughs> not for good. Dadanov though, I think Dadanov gets a bit unfair hate out there. He had a pretty solid game. Uh, to, uh I guess not yesterday. Uh, on Monday, I thought. Uh, he uh, he almost he almost had one of those crazy like falling down Ovechkin style goals. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I I, I still have a hope that Dadanov is gonna turn it around and and be like kind of like what we're talking about with Monahan and be that guy that we can flip for for a good pick at come uh, come the deadline. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. He he seems to be getting sort of the the short end of the stick, for for whatever for what. Not that he's been that great. No, but, but he gets lumped in with Hoffman, which is ridiculous yeah, to me. Ho- no, Hoffman, exactly. I, Hoffman, I can't stand. Don't get me wrong about that. Oh no, Hoffman's on a on a whole other level. Get him off the power play, please. He doesn't deserve to play on the power play. No, exactly, exactly. I mean, he 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 doesn't really deserve to to play. Period. Quite frankly. Yeah. Fair enough. But I mean, you know, um, yeah, dad enough. I mean, yeah, you know, at, at least he, he, he's shown some flashes again, you know, he hasn't, hasn't translated into any points yet, but yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, you know, and, and once again, I like, I don't like, I, like I was saying, I'd be sad to see, uh, to see uh, Hoffman go already, even though it's only been a uh, uh, four games dad enough. I'm just hoping he, Builds up a little bit of value for myself from here to the to the deadline. I, I I'm 100% expecting us to to move him come come to the trade deadline. And I mean, finally, I think we got to talk about uh, talk about Tuhuang a little bit. I mean, obviously, scratch for the first two games. Uh, we saw we all saw the pictures of him sitting alone on the bench and all that. But then the beautiful beautiful assist, and it wasn't just that play. He was he was he's playing pretty solid. The, the the whole game with a beautiful assist on the game tying goal and just all smiles after that on the bench and all all, all the talk from uh, Suzuki afterwards about how it wasn't it looked like a drawn up play but it wasn't that was just Dwayne kind of using his hockey IQ and and reading the play and and finding the pass and just that is that play is exactly what we've always hoped Dwayne could be more consistently right that's exactly Dwayne hockey. Are we going to see more of it, or is that just that one flash in the pan situation? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you know how many years have we been saying this? Every time he does something really yeah, good, it's like, oh, maybe this is going to be the year. Yeah, but it never is the year. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm not going to hold my breath to be honest with you for the way, but uh, you know, hopefully he can turn it around and and you know, like, like a lot of the other guys that we've talked about, Dadanov, Monahan, you know, maybe he's a guy that potentially at the trade deadline if he does turn it around a little bit, maybe he could be on the move as well. Because you you definitely got to think that this is last year with the Hawks. Yeah, and I think even for him, yeah. It, it's it, it's for the best, you know? Like if the Canadians can move him at the deadline to to a team that he can like be be in, in in a position first of all that he's in a more like and let less focus would be on him right m- m- the expectations would be very low uh, for any team that acquires him it's not like the Canadians are going to get any sort of big return for him I could see him maybe turning it around and like we, there has been rumors for years that people all love to send him to Colorado right to play with McKinnon again if if that were to happen and the Canadians just you know eat some salary and and 
just get like a, a pick or whatever. Watch watch Dwayne finish the year uh, like post deadline after he gets moved there hypothetically, and have a, a monster end of the year right in in that perfect situation where he's just passing the puck to elite players, no pressure whatsoever, doesn't have a hundred mics in his face after every game. Uh, I can see him having having some, and I'd, I'd be happy for him. I w- would not be a situation where I'm like bitter that he couldn't do it in Montreal. It's just clearly the market and everything wasn't meant for him. It is what it is at this point. I've already kind of accepted, you know, I've I've, I've passed all those the different phases of grief with Dwayne where I'm not I'm at the acceptance stage at this point, you know, it's just it's better for him. Just move on, buddy. It's it's all good. Don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, imagine. I mean, uh, like he gets traded to Colorado at the end of the at the trade deadline, he ends up pulling a Lekin and you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, has an amazing playoffs, amazing run, and and wins the cup. But uh, but no, I mean, you know, it is what it is with Gouin, and uh, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe he will turn it around this season. But yeah, I mean, more, he, more likely than not, he's gonna. He get was it. this morning at practice on the first PP unit, right? The the, the power play units this morning were uh, Gouin, Caulfield, Monahan, Suzuki, and Weidman. Why Weidman still gets put on the first PP unit? I don't know, but anyways. And then the second unit was Gallagher, Doc, Dvorak, Hoffman, and Gooley. So, but if you're not going to put up put Weidman, who who are you going to put on? Like if you, I'd rather put Gooley there. I'd, I'd rather put Kaden Gooley there. I, I honestly think he'll he'll do better than Weidman. What has Weidman done on the power play over the last year or so that warrants <laughs> him being consistently on the top power play unit? It's what? Like I know eventually it'll be Matheson, obviously, but. I, especially after the game Gooley just had, just put Gooley there. Why not? Yeah, yeah, no, I could definitely see that. But um, I mean, I, I mean, I think Weidman, especially last year, was just sort of the de facto guy, pretty much, right? Yeah, yeah there's no one, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but the point is, anyway, so to get back to the Wayne, is that he is on the first unit with Caulfield, Monahan, and Suzuki, and and Weidman, of course. So, I mean, that that could be a solid power play unit. I mean, if if the Wayne's passing the puck to Caulfield, I mean. Yeah, I mean, they look look pretty good against Pittsburgh. So if they yeah. can keep going, yeah, I mean, hey, at least at least there is there are positives. It it is crazy. Like, look, we know they're not gonna win, like we keep saying and all that. It's not happening this year. It's rebuilding year, but just compare it to last year. It was so atrocious watching the games at the beginning of the year last year. Right away, oh. we've already had two super fun, super excited games to start the year. Yeah. No, exactly. I mean, that's that's what you want to see at the end of the day. You want to see some, hopefully, some positives, more positives than negatives, and and watch the kids progress. And and I mean, so far, basically, the best players for the Habs have been Suzuki, Caulfield, Doc, and Gooley. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. You love to see it. Yeah, that's that's exactly what you want. All right. So, uh, before we move on to to the Rocket now, tomorrow, very important matchup against the Coyotes. <laughs> I think uh, I think the Canadians beat the Coyotes pretty. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, uh, you know, the Habs, they don't, they're not the most talented team, but uh, I don't think uh, – well, I mean, I was going to say nobody competes with the Coyotes, but Chicago's pretty close. <laughs> but And they did just lose to – they did just beat Toronto also. Like, to be clear, anyone can beat anyone on any given day. But uh, also the fact that the Coyotes beat Toronto makes me want to beat the Coyotes even more because I just think that's funny also to be like, hey, you guys can even beat the Coyotes. We beat them. So. Just in, in, in that way, it's uh, it's kind of funny. But then after that, Dallas and Minnesota. Dallas, uh, I mean, a good good young team and kind of kind getting getting better uh, all the time. Minnesota, rough start to the year, man. They're that that Minnesota game, like put Montalbu in there 
and that game is going to end like 10 to 9. I don't know who wins, <laughs> but it's going to be a crazy game. It'll be an exciting one for sure. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I mean, three games, three games at home too, and yeah. obviously the Canadians looking pretty good at home so far. I mean, I, I think they're going to win two out of three. I mean, it, it, they, they realistically could win any of these games and probably lose any of these games. But uh, I sure. think they end up beating the Coyotes and, uh, and the Wild and lose to the Stars on Saturday. All right. So then that would mean that the team would be, would be four. Four and three. Four and three. So above 500. I mean, at that point, I mean, the headlines, that's not a coup, you know, like. <laughs> like after they beat Pittsburgh, it was it was basically Sasana Coop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man, well, I mean, I, I, at the very least, I think this this year will be fun. But uh, we'll see how it goes. Like, I, I more and more, I'm not thinking we're getting a top five pick. I think we're gonna get between like uh, seven and ten kind of pick. Yeah, which I mean, th- th- this draft is pretty, pretty, pretty solid anyway. So yeah, I mean, even if you don't get Connor, but Connor Bedard or Matt Vaymichkov, uh, you know, you're still gonna get a really solid yeah. guy in the top ten. I mean, that Slovakian guy keeps dropping, so maybe he'll end up and with the Canadians anyways. We just won't be picking him with the top, uh, top five yeah, picks. So. Yeah, let's go. not forget. I mean, uh, Florida too. Aaron Ekblad. I know. The uh, LTIR now at this point. That like you know, obviously you never want to root for someone's injury, no. but that defense looks absolutely atrocious now without Ekblad. Worse than the Habs defense. Oh, I mean, Caden Gooley is better than uh, every de- defenseman in the NHL, right? So, of course, worse than the Habs. <laughs> no, but yeah, like that defense does not look good. So, man, I, I, I don't, I don't think, like, how, how, how bad can the Panthers be this year? I don't know. Like, I don't, don't want to get my hopes up. They, they were so good last year, but like things changed so much. I also lost Huberto and all that. I mean, I guess they, they traded him away, but like, how, how? Let me check how especially, their season starts. Like, especially with. Yeah, they're two and one, but especially with the with the you know the division that we're in, like they're yeah. not they're like they're probably gonna make the playoffs, but it's not a lock either, right? I mean, with like Boston's got off to a great start, even the Wings are looking really hey, good. The, the yeah, the Wings are looking good. I think like Ottawa, I still think their team's pretty solid where they, they could be competitive. Toronto obviously gonna make the playoffs. The Tampa Bay's in last place right now. Tampa Bay's obviously making the playoffs, and it, I don't know. May, maybe they maybe they they miss the playoffs and then. Like, look, if we don't, if the Canadians don't have a top five pick, they have two picks in the like, like seven to thirteen range. That's that's pretty amazing. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. You know, yeah. If you if the Habs could have two top fifteen picks in this draft, I mean, that'd be that'd be awesome. Especially if hopefully one of them could be in the top five, that'd be even better. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not thinking it's gonna happen. I'm not. We got to get really lucky with the lottery balls for that to happen. I think at this point, but maybe not. Maybe I'm, uh, I'm overhyping this team, but uh, I don't know. I, I, just, I just don't think they're that, that bad based on what I've seen. It's, it's really, it's all like I was saying. It was all about how the, 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 the kids are gonna look on defense, and so far they've looked good, man. Uh, Gooley's yeah. been fantastic. We've already, we haven't talked much about Jordan Harris, but I think he's been really solid too. I mean, I think like Jack, I he has mistakes here and there, but still, still really solid in, in, in other moments. I think a great bottom pairing guy for sure. And and then when you add Matheson and Edmondson, I think the defense is. I, I like the defense better this year than I like the defense last year, honestly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, you know, Jake Allen, he 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 can always put together a solid performance. Yeah. You know, we saw 
you know, uh, well, the both games that he's played this year, even even against Detroit, well, even again, I mean, against Detroit was even better than against Toronto. So, yep. you know, he, he he's good. And uh, well, I mean, anytime Montembeau plays, <laughs> it's going to be a bit of a roll of the dice. Uh, he, but uh, he, he was in net for the win, so hey, you never that's know. That's true, but yeah, uh, we'll see. Yeah, uh, we'll see. All right, so like, yeah, before we uh we finish off the podcast, like we said, we went to the the Rocket Home opener. Like we always talk about. I mean, if you have a chance to go, it's I think it was 25 bucks for the tickets. We're in the yeah. second row of the upper bowl, but it basically feels like you're in the lower bowl. Like if you compare it to the Bell Center, basically anywhere you sit, it's a great view. Packed house. It was a great vibe. Unfortunately, they lost, but man, it was a good game. It was a good game. What did it end like? It was 6-5 uh, in overtime. 6-5 six, six, in overtime. Great game. Yeah, I mean, they were down 4-1 at one point. Uh, and I mean, it looked like they were basically done, but uh, no, they ended up making a great comeback. Fortunately, lost in OT, but uh, that was definitely a great game. Not off to a great start. I mean, uh, they lost the next night in Belleville to the Senators, but uh, yeah. you know, I mean, uh, off to, actually, they're playing right now. I think they're up one nothing against the team that eliminated them, the uh, Springfield Thunderbirds. So, but uh, they should be a good team. Should should be a really good team this year, and and obviously lots of prospects down there as well to watch. Yeah, especially if the the. The defense gets healthy in Montreal, they'll be even even better. But the defense already is is already pretty solid in Laval, honestly. Yeah, no, they they definitely got a lot of uh, solid defensemen down there. I mean, you know, even with some of the younger guys, like they got Otto Liskin in. You know, they got Matthias Norlander, who's obviously off to uh off well again only through two games, but off to a great start down there as well. Yeah, I know some of the veteran guys like uh, like uh, Madison Bowie's off to a good start as well. So no, they 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 should have a really good team, and they. They have, you know, some guys that can score as well. Yeah. And uh, what we saw, we saw Phil, well, Philip Massar, of course, he got sent, uh, sent to Kitchener. He should have his first game in the OHL with the Kitchener Rangers on Friday. But uh, even him, I thought he played pretty good. Uh, he, he, he played pretty okay. He was playing with Mysak, which was fun to watch. But he, I, he definitely had some defensive moments uh, on some of the goals, too, and all that. Where after the game, it was pretty, it was pretty. Like it looked set in stone even before the game that he wasn't gonna stay up, but it seemed after the game I was pretty confident that like I feel like he needed to have like a dominant performance to stay up, and I feel like he wanted to a little bit, but it led to a few a few mistakes. I think uh, it's 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 for for the best for him to 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 get some 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 big minutes in the in the OHL and and hopefully dominate there. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean he's gonna be playing on one of the worst teams in the OHL, unfortunately. Yeah, hopefully he gets traded. Hopefully he gets traded eventually, but he, he can maybe just be one of those guys that just puts up all the points for his team to start the year, then eventually gets moved. That'd be, that'd be ideal. But yeah, it's not, it's not the best. He's on the worst team. Maybe not the worst. Yeah, but, but uh, the team. No, it'll, it'll definitely, definitely give an opportunity to, to play in all different situations and hopefully, you know, really dominate offensively. And uh, no, I definitely think one year playing in the OHL, you know, next year probably plays in Laval. I think it'll be good for his development. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And uh, sorry, I just uh, loaded up uh, that sound. It was a uh, Lane Hudson highlight that was posted on the on the subreddit. But uh, uh, yeah, that go back to the prospect. Have you seen the Hudson highlights? He's uh, he's, he's been looking he's incredible. It, man. <laughs> man, Lane Hudson is just looking like obviously it's 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 pretty early still, but I mean he's looking like a steal already. I mean he's still four foot two also. Like we'll see how that goes, but uh, <laughs> like hopefully all that stuff about it being like just like a Something that where it's I forget I read all about it but I forget now but like if, if, apparently he thinks that he's gonna grow 
later in life because of something he had when he was uh when he was a kid. I, I still think he could be solid even even if it's he, he's smaller because the way he's been looking. But who knows? Because they're, they're small and then there's then there's Lane Hudson, right? He's like really really small. But man, those highlights. He he looks like he's on a whole other level than the the players he's playing against. But I mean, the good thing too, and you know, about playing in the in the NCAA, one of the things they play less games, but yeah. you know, that that means oftentimes it means they're spending more time in the gym, which um, obviously isn't going to make him any taller. But but right now, he's <laughs> under 150 pounds right now. So yeah, not you know, putting on putting on some muscle will definitely help him. You know, he can maybe play two or three years at Boston, and uh, yeah, and hopefully uh, make the jump. In but we're, we're we're seeing it every year. Like we're not talking about players as small as uh, as him. But every year, there's more and more defensemen that are are breaking into the league that aren't the what we're used to seeing from from back a few years ago. It's not all like six four giants like Shea Weber anymore, right? You're seeing the the Quinn Hughes and the the Kale McCars and all that 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 are a bit smaller than what we're used to seeing on defense. But they're super quick puck moving defensemen like Lane Hudson is and. That that seems to be where the, the direction the NHL is going. So I mean, that's we've already talked about it, but it seems like a steal. And if you, if you look at like the advanced stats projections and all that, his projections are incredible. They're like he's gonna be like the next Bobby Orr. I think that's a bit too much, obviously, <laughs> but it's just everything points to him being an insane player for the Canadians. Absolute stud. But uh, yeah, you know he'll he'll be at Boston for a couple of years and then. Uh... Definitely looking forward to uh, to watching him in Laval, maybe in two or three years, and then uh, then eventually with the Habs. That's that's too long. I want him playing in Montreal before that. It's, uh, I'm not willing to wait that long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any any other prospects uh, worth mentioning that maybe I forgot? Uh, well, uh, like I said, Masar, he's going to be playing his first game on Friday. You got Logan Mayu playing his first game tonight for the uh, for the London Knights. Um, aside from that, I mean, uh, yeah, a couple of good guys that were off to uh, really good starts in, uh, in junior, obviously Lane Hudson comes to mind. Uh, Joshua Watt has, uh, is, is really letting it up. I mean, basically picking up where he left off last season and another guy, one, uh, guy that we drafted this year in the fifth round, Jared Davidson, uh, currently 11 points in six games with, uh, Seattle and the WHL. So he's off to a great start. He's currently leading the have all the Habs prospects uh, in points. So off to a good start for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Good to hear it. So I think that'll do it for, uh, for this week's uh, episode. Uh, as always, follow us at the Habs forum on Twitter to know when the, the next episode drops and ask your questions and all that. Uh, as always, uh, thank you uh, for listening and we'll talk to you all uh, next time.